0: I'm so happy to have you guys all here, and ladies all here, and everyone here together. Um, so, who knows, in terms of the normal seasons of the year, like spring, winter, summer, fall, what season is it? That's an easy practice one, yes. And who knows what season in the church calendar we just finished? Easter! Easter! So, if you know what today, which is a very special church holiday is, can you shout that holiday out? Pentecost! Pentecost! That's right. And Pentecost begins a a very interesting season of the year, uh, which is called Ordinary Time. Which I think is kind of a funny word for a a season. But let's get all excited. I want you guys all to get really excited and jump up. So kids especially, jump up, wave around, and shout ordinary time as loud as you can. Ordinary time. But this is kind of uh, awesome to me because on Pentecost, we remember that God's Holy Spirit is with us in a special new way thanks to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power To bring God's peace to people everywhere by speaking God's truth to their hearts. And I love that on Pentecost, a really ordinary seeming thing, which is just talking, comes together with a really extraordinary thing, which is that God's Holy Spirit lets people talk to each other. And before Jesus left, uh, it talked to each other even across boundaries of culture and language where they normally couldn't. Before Jesus left, he told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until God sent the Holy Spirit to give them the power to carry the way of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit and God's wisdom and love to everyone. And so I'm going to do a reading from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived... Actually, I'm going to pray first. Come, Holy Spirit, please bless uh, our hearing and our experience of what you have for us here. When the day of Pentecost arrived... They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Utterance is like the ability to speak or utter words. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude of people came together and they were amazed and astonished saying, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? And this is a big group of different people who often fought and conquered and hurt each other. Are you ready? We are Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking them, said, they are filled with new wine. So everyone, I love this holiday so much. And did you notice what they were saying to each other? They were celebrating the real God who had made them all, the real God who breathes life into every living being. Who here remembers trying to hold your breath last week, seeing, we can sort of understand God as being as important as breath, even though breath is also invisible and so close to us. And so for our imaginative prayer exercise, I'm gonna do something that's inspired too by a story um, called the Tower of Babylon. Raise your hand if you know the Tower of Babel or the Tower of Babylon story. A lot of you do. If you don't, you can read it in Genesis chapter 11. And what they're getting at with that is part of what inspires our imaginative prayer today. All right, so I'm gonna pray and we'll use our imagination to explore what Pentecost really means. Come Holy Spirit, please fill our hearts to overflowing. Please bless our imagination. Imagine that you live in a small village. Life is pretty good. Everybody knows everyone, and you try to take care of each other most of the time. Then one day your village is taken over by soldiers who do whatever their king tells them to do. They all wear wolf symbols on their belt buckles, and they call their king the Wolf King. Their king claims to be God, and he claims that whatever he says becomes real, and they're gonna make you do whatever he says to prove it. The Wolf King's soldiers make you leave your village and go work on a tower that they say is magical. His soldiers explain that when it is done, he will stand on top of it in the clouds like the God that he is. He and his soldiers force you to work all day, making huge bricks behind a giant curtain. The mud is stinky, and doesn't make very good bricks, and they force you to work from before the sun goes up until after the sun goes down. All they give you to eat is a little bit of mush, so your belly grumbles a lot. Imagine working like that every day to build this tower for him. How do you feel when you guys think about working like that? After you spend many days making bricks, the Wolf King gathers people from all over the known world to see a magic trick. He says that there's nothing at all behind the curtain where you've been building the bricks. One of his servants even pulls up a little corner of the curtain where there aren't any bricks and says, look, there's nothing here. Then the Wolf King shouts, let there be bricks. And he drops the curtain. The people see all of the bricks you made piled up ready to build his tower and they are amazed. The Wolf King howls, all I have to do is speak and it happens. I made these from nothing, and I am God. The people think he must really be God. How do you guys feel when you think about the wolf king? Can you shout out how you feel thinking about? Bad. This is <laughs> and so feeling like all that frustration. One of your people stands up and complains to the soldiers. She says, hey, he didn't make those bricks with his words. He made you make us do it. But a soldier says, well, the wolf king says he made them from nothing. And he's always right. So that just proves that you are nothing. And now you're in trouble for insulting our God, the wolf king. You should feel ashamed. The soldier goes to tell the wolf king. But then something strange happens. I heard a nice howl there. So he goes to howl to the wolf king. He starts to talk. But this is what comes out of his mouth. Goo, goo, Bar, 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 bar. The wolf king can't understand them, and he's mad at the soldier for talking nonsense, and he tries to shout at him. But this is what comes out of his mouth Gaga, ga, blah, blah, gaga, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he can't give quarters anymore. This is your chance. You and your village escape and make a home far from him out in the desert. But you're sad, because you're just one village in a world of people who can't really talk to each other. One day a good king is born in your village and you call him the Lamb King. He listens to people and understands what they need and he uses his words to heal and help and tell the truth. When people follow the Lamb King, they really understand each other. The Lamb King teaches you how to do more than survive or escape or try to copy the Wolf King because he teaches you another way of doing things. Then one day, a bunch of people from the wolf kingdom visit your village because you're having a giant harvest festival, and they look hungry. You can't understand each other's words, but you use your gestures to invite them to come eat with you. If you guys can, kids, use your arms. How would you gesture so you can't talk to someone? How would you get somebody to come to your table? What would you do? Yeah, you serve Do that. While you're feasting, God's love and power fill up the room, and suddenly you realize that you can talk to each other. But you aren't afraid of them following the orders of the Wolf King anymore because you can see that they are being filled up with God's love too. You all start really talking to each other for the first time ever. You realize that the real God is so amazing and that the real king, the Lamb King, is so amazing too. They are so much better than the Wolf King. And now you understand how God can defeat the Wolf King by helping everyone listen, understand, and speak God's real truth together. And that feeling of freedom and of hope is what Pentecost does. And why in ordinary life, just what we do in ordinary life as followers of Jesus, is extraordinary and awesome. So bless you guys. Come Holy Spirit. And happy Pentecost.
1: Okay. Um, I'm missing my. You're not. Hi. Yay. It's so good to be with you. Precious people. Love you guys. I love just uh, just the like 10 minutes when everybody's coming in. It's such a a blast. blast. And then I'm like, okay, okay, I'm good. Um, Um, I I think I I could could go go home and have lunch lunch now. (laughs) I just wanted to see you guys and hug you. But the Lord has has more more for us, eh? All right. So this is Pentecost Pentecost Sunday. Sunday. And... I want you guys. It's great that um, Daniel read that passage because I have it in my notes, and I really didn't want to read it because I cannot, for the life of me, pronounce any of those names. So thanks, Daniel. You like took the hard work for me. Um, so okay, I, I want you guys to imagine this day, right? When we read that passage in Acts two, it's really funny. I think that we think, man, how much joy, how much, and frankly, in the past, I've thought of it that way. Like how much joy. And that's fair to think about that. But what I want to talk about today is this, the aspect of um, that day of Pentecost that must have been people in a room together that were frightened for their lives. So I want us to think about that for a minute. When We, we do remember on Pentecost the day filled with joy, right? But can you guys imagine what it would have been like actually? for the disciples, they were afraid for their lives. They were afraid for their lives. It was sheer terror. Um, Their friend had been murdered. Jesus had been murdered. It was horrible. Imagine the trauma involved. I don't think we can. Um, And so as I was preparing this passage this week, I'm like, okay, the joy in this passage is so real. But so is the terror. So, we have, and for many of you here today, you guys might be experiencing joy in your life. Um, and I'm so grateful for that, if you are. Um, how many here would you guys say, life has just chill and you're experiencing joy? I am not going to answer that an affirmative. I'm gonna say life has been really hard. How many here are you, would you just raise your hand and just be like, yeah, life's just been chill, I'm good. David, I'm I'm so so happy happy for you. you. Anybody Anybody else, you can be be honest honest if you're filled with joy. joy. Carlton, you are filled with joy today. Kelly's Kelly's filled with joy. Okay. I just just want want to be honest with you guys guys that this this year year has has been been a real real stinker stinker for me. (laughs) me. And uh, yeah. The here here or today. today. Yes, Yes. the now and not yet, right? Okay. Okay. That's that's so good. So So we're filled with joy and we have had a year that has been extremely difficult, right? Both things are true. So I want to talk a little bit about that today in the context of Pentecost Sunday, okay? Because really the Holy Spirit showed up when um, the disciples had all been um, traumatized out of their minds. And trauma is a word that Many of you guys, okay, kids who are here, like William and Hazel, you guys know that word. When I was your age, I had no idea what the word trauma meant. My son and my daughter know all about the word trauma. But 20 years ago, I had never heard of that word. When I was 20 and 25 years old, I had no idea what that meant. I'm so thankful that we talk about trauma today. Um, I think it's a really, really good thing. Um, and we're learning about it. It's important that we all talk about trauma and what, what it is. So I want to talk about a, we serve a God who cares about our personal and collective trauma. Okay. That is kind of the main idea that I want to talk about today. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, you are so good. You are so kind. Oh, there goes Daniel's clown nose, sorry. Um, It's kind of hilarious that it's rolling around. Um, Lord, you are so good, you are so kind, your presence fills this place. We just pray, come Holy Spirit.
2: I just thank you, God, for every person
1: joining online.
2: How precious you guys
1: are. I thank you, Lord, for every heartbeat under this tent. How precious we are to you, Lord. Will you come, Holy Spirit, Will you use this time, God, to comfort us? Holy Spirit, amen. So, I am going to read to you guys. So, I just want to do, first, I want to do a little caveat about the Holy Spirit. It's kind of funny because, like, I wasn't raised in in a super charismatic setting, but I was raised in the vineyard where the Holy Spirit does crazy stuff and I have so many fun Holy Spirit stories where I have fallen on the ground and I one time an awesome woman of God that I love that's my really good friend came up to me it was right before we planted the church and she just went come Holy Spirit and walked past me and I fell down and I had no idea that I had fallen and I was fallen and in the Holy Spirit just slain in the Spirit for the next, I don't know how long, 45 minutes. And the Holy Spirit was just blessing me. The Holy Spirit does some crazy stuff. Um, and I love it. And I'm so, I want it always to always remain open to what the Holy Spirit does. Because the Holy Spirit is um, like a wind. Jesus says, we do not know. We can't talk. We don't have any idea where the wind goes. And that's how the Holy Spirit is. Very unpredictable, but filled with love for us. Um, But I wanted to give as a very quick caveat. Sometimes, unfortunately, the Holy Spirit is used by people who have power and who want to manipulate other people. And that is not okay. That's not cool. And that's actually happened to some of you. That has happened to some of you at home where the Holy Spirit has been used by people in power. to be be able able to do do what what they want, to control others. And we're not about that here, are we? We are not about that. We are not about um, manipulative control in the church because there's too much of it. What we are about is listening to the good Holy Spirit who loves us, has good for us, who we can follow. So that is what we are talking about today. Pentecost Sunday um, is such a beautiful morning and, um, it's, I love that, it's ordinary time. <laughs> Which I love the fact that Daniel said that in the, in the church, in the universal church, that is what this time is called. Ordinary time. Which is amazing because we have the Holy Spirit all the time. So thank you, Lord, for ordinary time. Um, so, yes. Um, I want to read a very quick passage called john, this i'm going to be reading and jumping around a bunch of scriptures this morning if you guys will allow me um we're going to start with john 16 okay i want to do just maybe a few minutes on who is the holy spirit and who is the holy spirit not okay so this is john 16 7 through 11 jesus said Very truly, I tell you guys, he's talking to his disciples. He knows he's about to die. This is the context of that passage, this passage. Very truly, I tell you, my friends, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment About About sin, sin, because because people do not not believe in me. About righteousness, righteousness, because because I'm going to the Father father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, we see Jesus saying, hey guys, um, it's really good for me. And the disciples did not understand what was happening, you guys, in this context. Hey, Hey disciples, my precious friends, it's really good for you that I'm going away. I know you can't understand I'm going away unless I go away I cannot we cannot have the Holy Spirit here because you know what the Holy Spirit is you guys the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus here and now on this planet opened up for all of us the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus here with us and there's one, There's one word, word used in all throughout John's, throughout John's writings, and it is the advocate. You guys have probably heard this word, word used describing the Holy Spirit, right? The advocate. Well, in, um, it's, it's called paraclete. You guys probably know this word in Greek, the paraclete. You've probably heard of it. The definition of advocate is someone who fights for something or someone, especially someone who fights for the rights of others. Now, Now, I I want want to to take a moment to compare compare that definition of what what the Holy Spirit Spirit is, is the goodness of God, and compare compare that with the way that sometimes sometimes the Holy Spirit Spirit is used to manipulate, to to be, uh, to, to control others. That is not what we believe. What we believe is the Holy Spirit is the advocate who fights for us on our behalf. Here are, here's the multitude of, gen, of, of um, words that the word advocate stands for. Comforter, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and I love this one, stand by. The Holy Spirit is the one that's, it's like standing by for us to help us through everything. The Holy Spirit is the one who pleads for us, speaks for us argues for us, one that that argues argues for a cause, a supporter, a defender, an encourager, and a supporter in difficult times. These are all definitions of advocate, a paraclete, comforter, a person who speaks or writes in support of someone else or in support of something else, one that pleads on another's behalf, an intercessor. So I love that. So I am going to read, these are just a few passages, you guys, that that talk about what the Holy Spirit's role can be in our life. All this I have spoken while I am still with you. This is Jesus, again, John 14. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach all things to you and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I give to you not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So we see Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is going to be your helper. If you love me, so Jesus again says, if you ask the Father, I, I will give you the advocate. I will give you the advocate. The advocate will fight for you and defend you. So another one is parent and protector. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, sorry, I'm going to turn my phone off. Before, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. Helper for the weak, Romans 8. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what to pray, but the Spirit of God intercedes for us on our behalf. Giver of wisdom, this is Isaiah eleven twelve. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Jesus The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of knowledge, and a fear of the Lord. That is what the Holy Spirit is for us, guys. The spirit of Jesus, here and now. And last but not least, this is Romans 15. The Holy Spirit helps us to love. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, to join fervently with me in prayer. To God on my behalf the Holy Spirit helps us to love through the love of the Spirit. We can love other people Okay, the Holy Spirit has a lot of jobs (laughs) And what I pray this morning. Oh, I forgot to bring my glasses up. Okay. I have some glasses in my bag Sometimes what I think about when I think about the Holy Spirit I think like in my life you guys I followed Jesus since I was three years old or as, as early as I can remember. I think my mom said I gave my heart to Jesus when I was three. And as long as I can remember, I feel like I'm now 44 and proud of every day. Um, as long as I can remember in my life, being awakened to the goodness of God and the Holy Spirit being around me is like having new vision. And And now now that I'm 44, 44, unfortunately, I'm having to wear wear reading glasses for the first first time. And And isn't it it weird? weird? Those of you who are older, isn't Isn't it so so weird? Like I put on, I put put on on the glasses. I'm like, nah, I don't need glasses. I'm going to I'm never going to need reading glasses, please. Um, I put them on and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see things. This is really weird, you know? Like you didn't actually realize that you needed it. And then you put on the glasses and you're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it clearly. And for me, that's been like a picture of what my life in Jesus has looked like. Throughout my life, I, you know, I have not always followed Jesus as, um, as wholeheartedly as I do now. And I pray that I say that again in 10 years. You know, that 10 years ago, the, ten, the me now will say in 10 years, I didn't know the Holy Spirit, as well as I do now. I pray that. But I have this memory of I was in 11th grade, and I went to a Christian school, and it was an extremely difficult year for me. Kids were really picking on me, and I didn't feel like I belonged at all. And my childhood looked like a lot of moving around. And so um, I was in 11th grade, and these few really mean kids would just be cruel to me and we we had chapel every single week so if you guys have gone ever gone to christian school you know you have to go to chapel well i went to chapel and this pastor there said some of you guys here are not living your whole life for jesus and really today you can decide that you just want to live everything for jesus and it's not like i was involved in anything bad but that was a moment in my life when yeah, I, said I said to the, to the Lord, 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 I want every aspect of my life to be yours. Every aspect. And I think and the Holy Spirit, Spirit was really, and it was just and me and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And, and nobody so, really knew you know, about that at the time. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell any of my friends. I just decided. I was like, like, okay, hey, you know what? I'm going to live everything for Jesus. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I was, I was uh, what, 14, 15, 16 years old? 16. And um, since then, I've had, way, I've had more epiphanies since then. I've had more moments since then where I'm like, Lord, I am not living everything for you. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you put the glasses on my eyes? And you know what? Sometimes, guys, I hate to say this to y'all beautiful people, sometimes it's Christians. Sometimes it's us religious lot that need the most kick in the butt from the Holy Spirit, right? To just say, I'm not, I've got this veneer of looking fine, but I actually am not living everything for Jesus. So I invite you guys, if there's any part of your life this morning where you're like, I am keeping this, I'm keeping this thing, I'm keeping this thing and I know God wants me to lay it down. Um, I encourage you, God is good, God is kind, which moves me to, I really don't want to read statistics to you, but I want, I've been thinking about trauma, like we started this morning talking about collective and personal trauma, and the fact that the Holy Spirit is a God who cares about our personal and collective trauma. If I know anything, it is that the Holy Spirit cares about what we have been through. And the very idea that our suffering is less than someone else's, and so therefore I'm not going to think about it, is bunk. Because I live that way sometimes, and it's garbage. God cares about me and what I've been through. God cares about you and what you have been through. Amen? Okay. So, there are young people in this audience. Young people... I love, I love you guys, guys so much, so much. and I am so incredibly thankful for you. You guys are um, so on my heart these days, um, young people. So there, I heard this whispering that I just want to. I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to speak against it in the name of Jesus. So there was this. There's this idea floating around in the air that the COVID young generation is going to be like the generation after world world war one they are called the lost generation ernest hemingway f scott Fitzgerald um who else john steinbeck all those famous writers they were of that generation they they are marked by hopelessness despair suicidal tendency killing themselves with alcohol slow suicide right this is that's what that generation was marked as they're called the lost generation after world war one and is whispered that the the covid young right now are being called that as well and i want to speak against it in the name of jesus christ our young people are beautiful and resilient and maybe they're traumatized we're all traumatized right now right the holy spirit is going to raise up a a generation please jesus bless bless our children children this morning bless every every precious precious child child that's watching the enemy cannot have his way so right now young people are struggling guys with their mental health anxiety and depression is through the roof we are seeing this all around us i mean us adults are suffering as well but i we at least have some coping skills and many days, they suck. Our coping mechanisms are not working. So, imagine the kiddos. The kiddos need to be advocated for. The kids need help. The kids need to be heard, right? And children here and children who are part of my life, you guys are so precious. And, and I want to advocate for you. And this community wants to advocate for you. I'm going to ask for another amen. Can I get a witness? Okay. So, and I, I also want to say, people of Asian or Pacific Islander um, ethnic heritage are suffering. People who are African American descent are suffering isolation, depression, and the lack of resource to be able to get help. Holy Spirit, we pray for all of those, Lord, who are suffering under the... I'm not going to read these statistics. They're too depressing. There's a better story, Lord, with you. God, Uh, you you are, we we want want to just just combat with the word of God, the despair that is hanging over all of us right now in the world. Holy Spirit, you are our advocate. I'm definitely off my notes. Um, So what does the word of God tell us, guys?
2: That the Holy Spirit is our
1: advocate, that he is our help that he is is our comfort. comfort. And And frankly, frankly, if we we do not receive receive the help help we have, we can't be present to our children and we we can't can't be be present present to those those around us. We we all need need to be be filled filled with the Holy Spirit Spirit to be be able able to go go get the therapy that we need, to be able to get the medicine that we need, to be able to get the rest that we need, to be able to do the work that we need to do, right? I'm looking at you, Jan all the work all of us have been called to we need the Holy Spirit to do it that is what's true so I just bless and encourage you guys to receive everything that the Lord has for you I'm going I'm swinging now back to the fact that the Holy Spirit I grew up in the church it was a fairly healthy community that I grew up in but I still felt like the Holy Spirit was there to shame me and I think that's the work of the evil one right right that's, that's how, the, that's how the, the evil one twists, twists the truth, that the, the Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit, Spirit is only there to shame you and to show, to show you how you bad you are. It's not, not true. The Holy, Holy Spirit is there to understand and help us and to love us, us and to and invite, invite us into, into the goodness, goodness of the Lord. So I just I want to want take a minute and say there are Parents who shame us, right? Some of us grew up with parents who had no other tool than to shame us. God, forgive them. And I want to contrast that with God and the Holy Spirit, the the, the Holy Spirit being God's mouthpiece to us, that the Holy Spirit does not shame you. The Holy Spirit, God is the parent who loves you and understands you. And so we've got... And then we've got um, churches that love to shame. Right? Boo. Many of us have lived through it. Versus a church that loves and understands. This is the goodness of God. So I just want to take a few minutes to read. This is the book of Luke when Jesus is reinstated. I mean, I'm sorry, Peter. This is the book of Luke when Peter is reinstated to the goodness of God. You guys remember this story, right? Peter denies Jesus three times. He's like, Jesus? Never heard of him. (laughs) I mean, it was bad. So three times Peter said, I don't know Jesus. I want nothing to do with that because he was scared. But this is what Jesus says when he reappears after his death, okay? He's been resurrected, and Jesus is hanging out with Peter. And he says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, okay, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, I love the fact that it says that Peter was hurt. Peter was so sensitive. That would have been me. Do you love me? And then Peter says, Lord, I'm, I, you're hurting my feelings. You know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus is like, okay, then feed my lambs. Follow me. Peter, you're good. This is so interesting to me. This is Jesus. He did he not, not shame, shame Peter. Peter. There is no shame or fear in love. Jesus says that to all of you guys. Do you love me? Then follow me. Feed my sheep. And okay, I'm I am the I am the preacher who's having like five closings. So I hope you guys are okay with that. Uh, this is Isaiah. And the context of this passage is so beautiful because it is God allowing the people of Israel who are in terrible shape in exile, they're in terrible shape. He's letting them know what their future is going to be like. Okay? God says, fear not, for you will not be put to shame. And do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. But you will, but you will forget the shame of your youth. How's that for awesome?" And the reproach of your widowhood, you will remember no more. That's almost like saying, the years where you had nothing, I don't remember them. The years where you were young and stupid, it's all good. <laughs> I've got an amazing, glorious future for you. Okay, so this is, that was Isaiah 54. If you guys want to read the whole passage, it's incredibly beautiful. It's such a kind word from God to us. Um, okay, so... We We are are claiming, I'm gonna end with this, this young generation is not lost. This young generation is not lost. I wanna invite you guys this morning into um, an an offering. We hardly ever do special offerings, but folks here in the tent, if you guys wanna open centralvineyard.com and donate some money at home, if you wanna donate some money, there's an organization called Royal Family Kids Club. You guys know all about it. Um, We have partnered with this organization for a really long time. If you want to know more about this organization, they are advocating for children in our county who are the most vulnerable. They are providing support, they're providing counseling, they're providing homes, they're providing meals. And the website to go to if you want to give directly is ForTheChildren.org. Anything collected today at centralvenue.com, just go to Katie. What do we go to? General fund. Anything collected from in the general fund today is going to go to royalfamilyforthechildren.org. If you guys want more information about it, um, the kids um, of our generation need to be supported, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit, but it's also the work of us. We have the ability. If we raise a hundred bucks, I'm going to be excited. If we raise One One buck. buck. I'm going to be excited. excited. (laughs) So whatever you guys are able to give. If you guys, some of you have prayer to give and you don't have money, and that's perfectly fine. If you've got $100, give $100. If you've got a tenner, give a tenner. Okay? Uh, Give it to our general fund today and everything given today and online. You guys are amazing and generous. That's just a practical way that we can fight for our children. Um, And last but not least, I told you I have fine closings. closings. I, I want, want to you ask you guys to stand. stand. And I want, want to invite you into one more thing, more thing regarding our children. If, if you guys you are here, here or, or, or a part are part of Central Vineyard, part of this small community, community and, and you have a heart, heart for children, children I, I want, want to ask, ask you to come to talk, talk to me if you are interested, interested in helping out with our youth group. Our youth group is amazing. They are the most amazing kids. Week after week, they show up, and they are amazing. If you're here, if you're here, and you're like, I love young people, and I want to, I, you will be vetted because only the creme de la creme are allowed. Okay, just saying. I'm part of it, uh, and I'm very humble too. So, uh, no, seriously though, we we would love for the whole community. Who are able and willing to to be with our kids they're wonderful okay so if you have the time the effort and if the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart give to Royal Family Kids Club in our general fund give to the kids in our church you guys are so amazing and then I am going to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come but first can I get prayer people Hey, prayer people up here! We are going to start doing prayer again every single week. Um, we're going to do communion as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, please, Jeff's going to help me. Do you want to do communion? Yeah,
2: I was just friends would. Just love what Adrian was saying is like you know we don't need any kind of supernatural empowerment to have negative thoughts we don't need any supernatural empowerment to feel condemned feel depressed I mean heck I'm wired for it we do need the spirit to speak truth to us because it's one thing hearing the truth with your ears but going from the head to the heart that one foot is like a million mile Migration for some of us, and we specifically today uh, we want to pray for you that the Holy Spirit will be present to you to make that one-foot migration from head to heart, that one-foot migration where you could experience the protection of Jesus. If you're fearful, uh, if you are struggling with anxiety, we believe the Spirit is present. Uh, One thing that's so beautiful about Peter, being the guy that gets to be the spokesperson for the church at Pentecost, is Peter is the one who had most recently failed. Peter is the, most, the one who most recently made a mess of things. So the first thing the Holy Spirit does is empower him to change people's lives. And that's, we bring our shame to God. He says, oh, I got a job for you. I've dealt with that already. Here's the Holy Spirit. Go do some amazing stuff. So what we actually want to do, June, where's June at? We have people here that are waiting to pray for you. And this is awkward. We haven't done this in a year. We're still going to observe some safety protocols. But to actually come up and say, I'm struggling with this. The power of just speaking out loud what's going on in your heart. And say, I need some prayer. And having someone who's guaranteed not to judge you and pray for you. There's something about that presence. And we want you guys to, this place is zoned for awkwardness. It may not be zoned for a tent just yet, but it is zoned for awkwardness. So, you can go there, receive prayer, Uh, guys, and uh, if you're also online, you can reach out to us and we'll have someone reach out to you and pray with you personally. But Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, this is right before uh, Jesus is crucified, three days later he is resurrected, proving that death doesn't have the last word and shame doesn't have the last word. And then he goes to be with God the Father and there's this waiting period. Presumably every meal that the disciples had together after Jesus departed, they did what we're doing now. And they brought their fear, their terror, and their brokenness to the meal where they took the bread and said, this is Jesus' body. They took the cup. This is his blood. Said Jesus, in his physical presence, is present to us and now we've got something they didn't have we have the holy spirit in addition to these elements so i want to pray that as we take these elements everyone receives some of the holy spirit father god we ask your real presence the spirit of jesus to be in these elements as we take them in the name of the father son and holy spirit